You're listening to For the Lore, the podcast that delves in the craft of our favorite games, whether lore, gameplay, or game design. Each week, Roger is joined by Joe and Vince. For the Lord, that's Roger coming to you on the 8th of November. As you can tell from my voice, this is why we did not have an episode last week. And while I'll be mainly quiet this week, we are going to be discussing both BlizzCon as well as World of Final Fantasy. I'm just going to be mostly in mute, sucking back this Neo Citron, which for you folks in America, you don't have this. This is like goodness in a cup when you don't feel good. Plus, I didn't even take the daytime one because I don't give a fuck if I fall asleep. <laughs> so this should be interesting. So let's start off with the BlizzCon stuff because as far as I saw, and I didn't watch everything, but there really was not a ton of anything new or anything that I feel would have made the expense of either actually going there or the virtual ticket actually worth it. Again, just my opinion. And I know that a lot of the BlizzCon is the experience of being with people that you like and whatnot certainly but in terms of just the event though there was nothing that grabbed my attention right from the get-go would it just as an overall feel though joe what did you think well i've been of the opinion that i i love going to blizzcons not necessarily for the convention portion of it uh, but more so for the people in the parties like you said um, i'm the type of person that i would totally go out there, meet with people, have some drinks, and then order the virtual ticket and sit in my hotel room and not actually go through the convention floor. That's just me. I'm fat and lazy. Go figure. Overall, though, uh, it was actually in a very interesting BlizzCon. Now, this happens every so often where there's not a major game release looming, and so they kind of have to, uh, I don't want to say fill, but it's they have to get you excited. And there are some things to be excited about, and there's some things that are kind of, eh, at least to me. I'll start with Diablo 3. Now, Diablo has had a lot of speculation over what was coming next, whether we were going to get an expansion, whether we were going to get a brand new game, if Diablo 4 was looming on the horizon. Well, spoilers, we were all fucking wrong. Go figure. Uh, Diablo 3 is actually getting a lot of new content, however, instead, not necessarily an expansion. The first thing of note is going to be the anniversary patch, which stars four original bosses and the event is called the darkening of Tristram. Well, not only does it do that, it also is applying a very interesting graphical filter so that if you really want to play that Diablo two style game, well, you're going to have that graphical filter applied to it there. Um, You're also going to have uh, bosses with new skins. Like they showed butcher being, I don't want to say updated, but downgraded to his original skin from the original Diablo, which I thought was actually an interesting touch. And they talked about a little bit about that design philosophy where they were basically recreating the original cathedral in Diablo three and doing so with their current art assets, uh, trying to choose tiles and, and mobs and creatures that more closely mimic Diablo one. And in some cases actually going through and making brand new texture skins I thought that was actually pretty cool. Also, this is not just going to be a limited time event. 
it is going to be an annual event where every year you can go through a special portal and travel back to the Darkening of Tristram. Also, if you're really that much of a sadistic bastard, you can wield both of Wirt's legs in this and beat people with both his wooden leg and his skeletal leg, because why the hell not? I wasn't that blown away from by this. Honestly, because, again, it's it's D1 in D3. Sure. And if you don't already have D1, you can pick it up for pretty damn cheap to play through it. This idea of it being downgraded for for retro kicks, I, that does nothing for me, to be honest. So, I this, again, I, I considering it's the anniversary of Diablo, I was expecting a lot more than what we got, and this really did not impress me in the least. Yeah, I mean, for such a big anniversary, it's basically, okay, here's a couple hours of fun, go away. Like, it, it, it I, I'm not, and like, I'm not saying that I'm you've not going to play because I am, <laughs> but it's, uh, I'll play it once, I'm like, okay, I did that thing, and then I'll completely forget about it. Well, and I don't disagree with you guys, and it, it's, I'm not saying that it's this big, exciting thing, because it's not, I think it's just kind of a neat little nod. Honestly, because I know a lot of us did spend a lot of time in it and some of our current day systems running, you know, maybe Windows 10 can actually play Diablo one on it because it's a pain in the rear. No, if you download it, it does. If you download it from Battle.net, it depends. People have there's a whole threads on Battle.net about people having issues getting it working properly on Windows 10. Right. But that aside. Uh, there are also some other quality of life improvements that they were talking about implementing for Diablo 3 for people that are still playing through the seasons, such as the new Armory, uh, which is going to be a system very similar if you've played WoW to um, the set system that they have on your character screen, where you can create sets of gear, push a button, and then all that gear becomes equipped. Uh, well, here, not only is it going to let you swap gear, it's going to let you swap skills, gems, and basically allow you to flip between builds as you see fit uh, without having to wait and, and go through everything. Not that it was terribly long, honest, but that's the best Diablo three announcement of BlizzCon for me. It, it's a pretty up there. Well, that and the removal of the uh, de-socketing cost on gems. Thank you. Eh, money is so flush after a point. It's irrelevant. It's fair, but for people just starting the game back up again, which I actually have friends at work that started playing Diablo three sure. for the first time since Diablo three was released within the last couple of weeks. So I'm just saying, like, it's there. It's, again, not the huge announcement we were expecting. I really wanted more. But that said, I'm not going to complain about getting something more from here. The biggest announcement, though, for Diablo 3 besides that, and this is the last thing of note, is that the Necromancer is going to be brought as a playable class into Diablo 3. So it's going to have a brand new kit. Uh, with some abilities very reminiscent of the original Diablo 2 Necromancer. Um, it will have a male and female version and all sorts of unique armor and spell effects and new golems like the Blood Golem, which looks like a giant beating heart with a face. Paid. <sighs> paid, too. Yeah, paid DLC. Yes. Not crazy so, about that. And here's the thing. like, It's just a character. Like, There's no new content. It just gives us the opportunity to play through the same content we've done dozens upon dozens of times with a different class, which for me is not worth much money at all. Well, let's be honest. This season that's going on right now. Oh, they phoned in the last three seasons. Oh, yeah. But I'm just saying the one that's going on right now, are either of you actually playing it? 
No, I haven't touched it. The last season I played was, I think, season six, because they're in season eight now, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I didn't touch last season, and this season I didn't bother. They're not putting anything new. So once again, and I didn't even play much of season six because they didn't add anything new in season six either. So it would, it didn't have the longevity that seasons like three, four, and five did. I thought but for season the people six that do- had a few things. I thought I could be wrong. Well, there was the new zone, wasn't there? Was that was season five? five? Was it okay? Was it- yeah, and, so, yeah. And, but this with this too, they are adding two new zones as well. Um, not, I mean, if you care about that type of thing, so you're going to get the shrouded moors, um, and I forgot what the other one was. Temple well, of yeah, the Firstborn. Those are just zones. The same that amount are... of content, air quotes content, because it's just zones. Sure. Like yeah. there's nothing in them that we got for free a couple seasons ago. So uh, they're just adding them into this paid pack now. Yeah, they're without actual content and questing or something story to give you a reason to go into the new seasons, a new necromancer. I mean, yeah, we'll go in and play it, but it's certainly not going to keep me in though. Yeah. I, you know what? I love the necromancer. Let's be very clear on that. I love the hell out of that class. And I, and I'm happy it's coming to here, even though we have a witch doctor, I'm happy for this This is going to be awesome. And I look forward to playing it. Not happy about having to pay for it, but whatever. But then that next season that starts when it's introduced, there better be more than just empty zones like Vince was saying as well. I'm I'm kind of wondering if this was almost like rushed for the convention. Like if this was just you have to have something, get it done now. Here's what you're going to do. Like I it almost feels the like they want to be working on either a full-fledged expansion or another game. At least that's what it looks like but they're just not. I mean, with a new game director, and we know they've been hiring on personnel, I I highly doubt they've been putting all that effort into the Necromancer. So there has to be something more that they're just not ready to show yet for whatever reason. Yeah, I think that they have something. They just weren't ready to talk about it here, which I'm guessing somebody's pretty pissed off about that. I mean, that's the way game dev works. I mean, I'm I'm not like, oh, they should have shown us their incomplete stuff that's not ready for public, but I mean, I'm also not going to yeah, say, hey, I'm happy with what we got because I'm not. <laughs> well, and, you know, and on that same effect, they just brought back one of the original founders. They brought back uh, Alan Adam, uh, who came out of video game retirement yeah. to head up new projects specifically. And th- I think that's kind of interesting because he's been put in charge of not just a specific game, but it- it's it's kind of unique how they talked about it. Right. And then they did talk about this during and after BlizzCon. And a little bit beforehand as well, where one of the problems they have as a company is all of these IPs get very big and then require a lot of time. And it was one of those things where they don't have anybody that they can sort of pull away to focus on making new projects happen, so to speak, and doing it in a timely manner where they can actually be given the attention that they need. And if you look at their job listings on their website, uh, once he's come back and he started, you know, taking over this division, they're hiring like crazy for these new projects. They're hiring new developers for front end, back end community managers for, you know, getting them ready to enter the force as far as current games and future games go. And it looks like now that Adam's there, they've really kicked hiring into high gear, which I'm, I'm going to be interested to see if we get some more of the blizzard of old God, I hope so. I don't see. I doubt it. You know what? I would actually put down money right now saying that next year's BlizzCon, they will actually announce D4, and it's going to be along the lines of their esports shift. 
they're going to find a way to esports the hell out of Diablo, and it's well, not going to be the same as what it's been up until now. Maybe, but I think I think there's going to be two distinct flavors of it because don't forget the the arena that was supposed to be in Diablo three that never happened. Yeah, but I that, think that, that right now when you look at all of their IPs leading towards esports, it's only a matter of time before the same happens with with Diablo. Maybe it, again, it depends because it, World of Warcraft arenas have fallen out in favor of Overwatch, Heroes of the Storm, and Hearthstone. It is entirely possible that that could happen with Diablo. Maybe, maybe not. We'll see what happens. Um, speaking of esports, I will flip over to Overwatch now because this was the other set of big announcements. Quote: KNS Sombra. We all knew Sombra was going to be released. And actually, I do really like the character, and I did like the ARG campaign that they were doing, uh, trying to hint here and there and, and hide things to different pieces of the story. I did appreciate that. Getting to see our first look at her, uh, even her short, I think was really, really kind of cool. Um, their art style, their their sense of style is phenomenal for Overwatch. We've said this before. And I do like the idea that her character does seem to be the middle playing against the ends. Um, and I'm curious how that's going to fit into their overarching story because I actually give a shit about story. Go figure. Um, some other things that they announced was that the Overwatch Arcade is going to be replacing Weekly Brawl. It's going to introduce new modes uh, on a couple brand new maps like Echo Point, which is the Antarctica map, uh, and Oasis, which is supposed to be like some tropical paradise thing, I think, believe they said. And they're going to introduce modes like 3v3 Elimination, uh, where it's three players versus three players, obviously. And after you die, you're out of that round. And it's the last man standing. So classic, almost classic deathmatch style. And then they're going to have a 1v1 mode, too, where the game will randomly assign you. It's basically going to be like an ARAM for 1v1. It'll randomly assign you and your opponent the same hero. And then you go forth, and the first person to kill the other person five times takes the round. Um, interesting concept. Um, I think what they wanted to do is they wanted to give more variety and choice in the arcade instead of the brawl, which while the brawls are fun, if you don't particularly care for that week's brawl, you just don't do it. They want to give players more of a, an option. Um, we did get to see again, more about Sombra's kit, including the fact that she is going to be, they're really playing up this hacker thing where she can hack a lot of things in the map, like health packs, um, different. I love that. I love that. She can hack health packs that is such a cool concept and they last for a long ass fucking time too like i was i was getting reports from people that were actually on the floor playing her because she was fully playable at the convention um they were saying flat out like these last like forever um but also uh, some other interesting things she can do too is she can actually hack shields like reinhardt and diva and shut them down she can when she hacks another uh, player she can actually see if they have their ultimate up or not and broadcast that to the team, which is really important for play. Um, her little teleport thing is actually kind of cool. She has this little disc that she can throw out. And when you press the button again, after launching it, you teleport to it. Uh, it lasts about 15 seconds before it disappears. Uh, she has a invisibility where she can go stealth and get a little bit of a speed boost and go careening to where she needs to go. And her ultimate is an EMP blast that just destroys everything in its path and shuts everything down. Seriously, she, why do you want to play sorry. any other character? What's that? <laughs> why would you want to play any other character? 
because she's frail as shit can still be sniped. Who cares? God damn, she's freaking <laughs> awesome. But Let's I be did, honest. and here's some interesting stuff that nobody's talked about. I had a couple friends that, like I said, were playing. Um, they did note that even when she's stealth, Widowmaker's like her um, ultimate does show her. So you, can I would, I would assume that. probably uh, Hanzo's little sonar arrow might as well. I would imagine so. May can actually blind shoot, and any damage will actually cause her to flash while she's in. Um, while she's in stealth, she'll actually flash and lose her speed boost. Um, she's really frail, but she's really she's fun from what I hear from all accounts, and I can't wait to play her. I think she's going to be an absolute blast. Well, frail. She's got two hundred life, which is average. So it's not like she's that much more frail. She just doesn't have some of the survivability abilities that other classes have. Well, she doesn't have any survivability aside from her her stealth. She doesn't yeah. she doesn't have the the self heal that Tracer does. She doesn't have the shields that the other two low health. Uh, no, but she can have. shut down other people's ultimates as well, which is she can pretty damn handy. She can. It, it's it's going to be one of those who's quicker on the draw. If you can if you can hack your opponent before they can get something on you, you're going to win that fight. Yeah, but the same thing can be said about Anna though too with her sleep. Like I've oh, seen yeah. her sleep shut it, down. Same can be said about crazy. a lot of characters: yeah. McCree, yeah. Tracer, well, it's well, you know, whoever gets to jump. Yeah, exactly. But now, if you play her well, that's just, that's the the point that I'm making. If you play her well, that is an insanely powerful character. It's not going to be for people who like to just dive in head first into combat kind of thing, but for people who can think tactically. And mm-hmm. a few steps ahead of everybody else, she's going to be insanely powerful and very useful. I mean, Jesus, she can shut down Lucio's alt as well. Like, that's that's a game changer right there. Something you want to make sure you have on your team. Yeah, I'm going to be interested to see how many people abandon her because they can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm looking forward to it. The other interesting thing that came out about League 2 is the path to glory. And this is, they're founding a complete Overwatch esports league. Now, if you're not interested in esports, you probably don't care about this, but if you even have a, a passing interest in it, what they're trying to do here is actually really intriguing to me. Esports leagues in general have been under fire for not treating their employees, and they are employees correctly or properly or making sure they're paid enough. Um, Riot has had numerous uh, back and forth with team owners and their actual personnel uh, because these teams are supposed to be actual employees of the company and earn a living salary. Um, Not always the case. What they want to do here with the Overwatch League is not only do they want to found a very strong competitive league, they want to do so with the idea that Players can establish a professional career just the same way that they could if it was a traditional sport, not a traditional e-sport, a traditional sport. And I think that's actually really cool. Um, they're talking about making sure that they're paid properly, uh, that the you know they're not forced to do crazy things like stream 15 hours a day to make ends meet, stuff like that. It will be interesting to see how not just this plays out in particular – but how other companies that tout their esports teams, how they respond to it, because I can guarantee you team owners and sites like Curse, Zam, all them, they're going to look at this and they're like, why are we going to do anything with this company when this company is willing to pay our people like real money? Seems so to be interesting. Ambitious, I found. It might be, but it's something I think that people have been wanting for a long time. Actually, if, I've had a few heated conversations with uh, some Wild Guild members over this type of stuff where, you know, 
it's been a long time coming. Esports has been incredibly profitable for at least the last five years. Look at Riot. They make money hand over fist on it. There's no reason that those people that generate that money for them, you know, these teams, these players shouldn't be paid, you know, reasonably. I'm not saying they shouldn't. What I mean is I feel that I don't feel it's, I don't feel it's going to happen. I'm taking it with more than just a grain of salt. I, whether it should or not, that's not what I'm saying. I just don't think that their vision of what's going to, what they, they were showing off there in their trailer, I just don't think that's going to happen. I find it very hard to believe. If it does, fantastic, but I don't buy it. Well, I hope it does, and I hope yeah. that after they're done doing that, that they turn their attention to Heroes of the Storm, because one of the things that has been pissing me off about them is how they treat their collegiate players and the fact that there's no money there for them. There rarely is, and sometimes what they say is like their compensation for like tuition and things like that. If they if they win, relative to the hours that they put into it, is ludicrous. So I hope that there's a reform coming. I hope. Now, on the Heroes of the Storm, we are going to be getting two new heroes, which, uh, well, Varian Rin died in World of Warcraft, and he didn't go to... Spoilers. It's been long enough. Shut the hell up. <laughs> we gave more than seven days. I don't want to hear it. But... He didn't go to the light or to the dark or to Helia's little realm of of goodness or the Halls of Valor. Nope, he went to the Nexus because he's going to be a playable champion right now. And not only is he going to be a playable champion, but apparently Ragnaros is there as well. And in their introduction video, you, there's a giant Ragnaros trying to beat down a very tiny Varian Rin. Dude, you should have seen my son cheering at that. Not for Varian. <laughs> He has been waiting for Ragnaros since the game started, and he is just batshit crazy excited for this. He cannot wait. I just like the fact that he actually has the hand of Rag, and you can beat people with it. Apparently one of the skins format. for it is the little battle pet Ragnaros. That's mm-hmm. what you can make it look like as well. That's amazing. I also like the fact that, and I was looking at some of their uh, the abilities they were showing in-game. They're the same ones from... Not just his most recent encounter, but his original encounter as well. And I think that's absolutely hysterical. I love when they do that, and I actually really love that about heroes, is that these iconic abilities from all the various characters in the various games translate into this game in a memorable way, and I really do appreciate that. What about you, Vince? Do you care? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, ha- I haven't since I first touched the game, so eh, it's not for me. Uh, there's going to be another battleground uh, introduced as well. It's going to be a, a brawl battleground called Blackheart's Revenge. It's an asymmetrical battleground where the attacking team will need to gather cannonballs to fire upon the ghost pirate ship, and defenders will need to escort Blackheart's ship and take out the cannonball luggers. Uh, it's interesting because I believe this is the first time that they've had an asymmetrical map of any type. So I think that's kind of cool because game this this type of game with that type of mechanic usually tends to be a little bit of fun if it's balanced properly. So let's hope that they balance the attacking and defending properly. Not only that, if you play, I think it's 15 games with friends in ranked One friend games. Or more. What's that? Actually, it doesn't have to be ranked 15 or, or, uh, or more. Um, it, doesn't, it only has to be with one person on your friends list, actually. Yeah, it just has to be a friend in ranked, unranked, draft, quick match, or co-op. Versus AI, yeah. So you can and they can. You get an Overwatch skin if you do so. Yeah. 
don't know. I think it's cool. I like when they do stuff like that, when they kind of cross between the games to give you an opportunity to just take a sample, try it out. If you like it, great. If not, well, here's something for it. The other thing that I think that was cool about that is if you finish 30 matches in that time frame, you unlock a bunch of heroes as well. You get Ariel, Greymane, Kerrigan, and Lee Ming for Heroes of the Storm completely unlocked without having to spend any money or gold. And That's actually pretty nice. <laughs> and you also get a mount, the, Oro- the Oroki Hover Cycle Mount, and a 30-day stim pack. That's actually pretty cool. I mean, for 30 games, and honestly, they're pretty quick. I, I actually like Heroes of the Storm now. Shocking. But I think that's actually kind of a cool little cookie. Yeah, Justin's already trying to convince me to play with him. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll take the bullet for you. I'll play with you. Well, I, I might do it just for that Genji skin because it actually does look pretty goddamn cool. The Oni Genji skin? Yeah, yeah I, I think like it, it. The little demonic classic skin, I, I think that's pretty cool as well. Speaking we of skins, also- I felt so bad that I got that Mercy so fast. For for you, of course. <laughs> did you, <laughs> you actually it, did you get it? I no, I got literally every other one except for that one. I wound but, up buying some some packs anyways. I figured, well, fuck it. Let's just do it. And uh, it was like in the third or fourth. And it was that one and another legendary skin. It was a May skin. So it was like, okay, bonus. I'm, I'm good. Yeah, I saw that. You lucky bastard. Mm. <laughs> now, we also got some news regarding Hearthstone, uh, which I'm sure Roger was pretty excited about, maybe, potentially. I don't know. He didn't actually say anything about it. I would have been but, a lot more excited had it been something else. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Mean Streets of, of Gadget Sand actually looks like it could be a little fun. It's going to have. I don't know. That's I, I, I would say I don't know. I uh, like it doesn't grab me immediately like Karazan did kind of the, the idea sure. and how well it was presented and the fun in it. And this just was I found a lot more convoluted and I get some of what they're trying to do. But it, I don't know. It just didn't seem to play out nearly as well. And in terms of gameplay mechanics for it as well, what they were showing off, I was like, I'm not so sure about this. Well, it almost seems like to me that these are this expansion is made to plug holes in the already existing sets and act as almost facilitation for that. I mean, although there are some cool little cards they at least showed, like Patches of the Pirate, which I think is absolutely hysterical. Do you see that? It's a giant tentacle demon that has yeah. a pirate hat and yeah. like a million patches in one eye. But yeah, it's it is what it is. It yeah. it'll be out actually. I think pretty soon. I think it's December. They said the card back for it is fucking gorgeous. I will say that had me the most excited. I looked at that and went, "God damn, that looks good." But the actual again, it'll as we find out more, then maybe my opinion will change. But based on what they've shown so far, it certainly didn't excite me. And that was, honestly, if we look at all of their IPs, that was the only quote-unquote expansion for any of their games. Yep, that is very true. So um, we, did, we did get at least a little bit more news regarding World of Warcraft, which, you know, love it or hate it, it's there. I'm excited about it. Uh, but we did get some confirmation that in a future patch, we, are, we did get confirmation we are going to Argus. Um, so for all of you that told me I was wrong, suck it. Amanda Waller's going to be there. What's that? I said Amanda Waller's going to be there. Probably. Forget sure. it. I'm just not kidding. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, 
we did get that the next patch is going to be Tuma Sargeras, uh, which is going to be uh, the next raid instance, so to speak. And we're going to be seeing things like the desiccated husk of Sargeras and a continuation of the story. Um, they did announce the next charity pet, which is the ador- adorable fell kitty named Mischief, which actually does look really cute. And I will probably buy one for Renee because why the hell not? And of course, it always goes to make a wish and they do that every year. And what I thought was interesting, at least I thought was kind of cool, is they want to add some more variety to the holidays that are coming in the game. Um, Not necessarily just major holidays, but in patch 7.1.5, they're going to start to include micro holidays, which are like small one or two day events that celebrate either something in the day, like, you know, opening gates of AQ day or something along those lines, or just something goofy and fun. And they want them to be these fun flavor events that actually don't have game breaking connotations. Like the original stuff that was like, Oh, do all of the holiday events and get free 300% flying. Cause why not? So I thought that was kind of cool, but other than that, not a whole lot. I expected a little bit more out of this year's BlizzCon. I have a feeling that next year is going to be the one that has like two or three expansions announced, and we'll see what happens there. Honestly, for the WoW stuff, because I was reading up on that as well as it was coming out, I did not see anything that blew my mind away. Like the, the most interesting thing was talking about the class mounts, which, I mean, while not a big deal, was something that was like, okay, well, at least this is something interesting. Half of the mounts look like shit, I thought. <laughs> there was a couple that looked good. And then talking about the different new artifact stuff that's going to be artifact weapon stuff that's going to be coming out. So that's, again, a little interesting. I like you know, the, the werewolf I, bear thing. That's for Guardians. That'll be interesting. I didn't find the artifact stuff interesting. I found it scary. And the reason I found it scary is because right now getting an artifact to max percentage, while some people have done it, takes a lot of time. No, no shit. I, when they're talking about adding new appearances and stuff like that, I'm cool with that. I think that's nifty. I like the idea of the hidden artifact appearances, is as is evident by the fact that I went and farmed all three for the Shaman. I absolutely love them. I think they're cool. They're nice little flavor pieces. I'm worried that the extra traits they talked about adding and unlocking in the trees, I'm worried that it's going to cause even more of a time sink to something that's already a major time sink. Oh, that's and exactly that what very, it is. But that's I hate honest. that because it, so if I. it's not done right, it's going to be so daunting to new players. It's going to be, it's, it's a time sink, which is exactly what it is into a weapon, much like the garrison that come the next expansion will mean nothing. So that's, that's why I but, hate it. It's interesting. Some of it is cool that I think, but when you analyze what it is, what it represents sure. in terms of your time investment and then not being able to use a fucking thing later on, it's it's a time sink. It's it's useless. Well, not only that, and the thing that gets me about it is unlike garrisons, like garrisons you could largely ignore and it didn't hurt your character at all. If you ignore artifacts, you're you're literally hamstringing your character. Because those abilities that you unlock are so integral to all of your classes and all of your specs that you have no choice but to do it. It again, I have I've said this from the beginning. I have a very big love hate with with relationship with artifacts, and I'm not seeing anything that's making me feel any different about it. Oh hell no! Again, I I'm actually my my sub is lapsed. I'm gonna have to actually pay because I ran out of gold, but I'm I'm in no rush. 
because honestly, I just was not having fun, and it was becoming a grind just for that fucking artifact weapon, and I, I hate that. Vince has got nothing because he doesn't play anymore. Nope. He's clean. His track marks are gone. All right, so but there was nothing else like, for BlizzCon? Not really. Everything else was more par for the course. There was a lot of interesting side panel stuff, like uh, the engineering things. So if you're interested in the engineering of games, uh, they did talk a little bit about how now the client is set up that in such a manner that they can live patch things into their games without forcing you, one, to log out, uh, or two, having you to completely bring down servers. And cool little story, I actually lived through one of these. I was in Vault of the Wardens, and there was a a visual bug where uh, they were changing the graphic for the last boss's uh, shadow effect. It's this creeping doom, which is... um, or deepening shadows, excuse me, which is like this growing patch of bad crap on the ground. And before it was green and black and really hard to see because the entire fucking instance is green and black. And they were changing it to like this neon purple. Problem is when they did the patch, it didn't take. And so it was like this super black inky mess that you couldn't really see. In the middle of us doing the encounter, they patched it like while we were in the middle of the encounter and like two minutes in, it flipped over to the new graphic and it was the bright fluorescent purple thing that it was supposed to be originally. And I thought that was phenomenal because none of us have any had any disconnects. None of us had any lags, stutter, anything. It was a seamless rollout. They didn't have to knock anybody offline. From an engineering standpoint, that is fucking phenomenal. That is like the goal. It only this, took them 12 years. <laughs> it only took them 12 years. But hey, most... It's not like anybody else beat them to it either. I was was just going to say that no other company does that either. So I don't. Uh, Guild Wars 2 is close, at least. Close. Theirs are constantly being patched out every time you just log in and log out. Plus, you don't have to log out for the changes immediately either. And that's fair. And other companies are getting close. But I think from my perspective, just as somebody who works in the software industry now, I I think that's an impressive feat of engineering to successfully accomplish that on such a large scale for all of their games. So, All right, Vince, wake up. Joel, you can take mm. your nap now. We have been playing the crap out of World of Final Fantasy. and by One me, of us I mean, a little more than the other. Admittedly, yes. Yes, I have. At, at one point, we were both at approximately the same point of the game, uh, the Dragon Scar area. I was at around, I want to say... 12 maybe 15 hours played and you were at 39 <laughs> okay now in my defense <laughs> <laughs> it is often just on and i'm not even uh, playing i'll, I'll leave i actually I you were up, also significantly leveled for that portion of the game <laughs> maybe but what i'm what i'm trying to say is <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm not hating you're, on you're you. Judging you're judging. That I'm you saying. love this game, and I love that you love it. <laughs> I I wound up picking up the uh, the PS4 version. I was going to pick up the Vita version, but the uh, because it's the same fucking game. Plus, I could just play it on the Vita, and it was like twenty five bucks cheaper. But I could I couldn't find the information saying that the Vita version was the day one version that mm-hmm. had all of the the bonus stuff on. It was supposed to, but it didn't say on the PSN store. And so finally I decided, you know what, fuck it. I, I tried the demo of the PS4 one because I wanted to test it with the, the VR unit plus streaming using the um, the desktop app as well as the, uh, the Vita uh, remote. And it worked perfect with all of them. So that's when I thought, eh, you know what, it's a little bit more, but it'll be worth it. And 
I mean, streaming even to the, the Vita using um, the, the PS4 version is significantly prettier. Looks way, way better, obviously. And then mm-hmm. what I've been doing is I actually have been leaving the game running most of the day on on my Mac and then remote in. And, I mean, it streams perfect at 1080p. And, um, and then I just leave it. And then on breaks, I'll just kind of play for a little while. Or if it's not too busy and all I'm doing is grinding, I'll just kind of run back and forth in a spot and then do the battles kind of thing. And, uh, and so that's also why it's helped me with my, my leveling. And then I also found a couple of kind of tricks that you find in any of these types of games of like good spots to level up. And that's also why I kind of jumped far ahead because I found these spots and it was like leveling insanity. And so that was, that was a lot of fun. Plus just to be honest, I have had so much fun in this game. When I read the initial reviews, they were saying it's a ton of fun, but there's not that much story. And I was a little worried, but then I started playing it. And it was like, fuck you guys. This is a great yeah. story. This is fantastic. I'm not. It's not super deep. It's not your traditional save the world Final Fantasy story. Well, it is, it is. but not, not with the melodrama that tends to come with a Final Fantasy game. No, it's game. got a lot more way. humor it's than I appreciate. It's much more fun, much yeah. more lighthearted. Yeah. And I'll be honest, like, the jokes are actually funny, oh, which is fucking super hilarious. uncommon. Oh. I, I, I'm actually happy because I got the, uh, I actually managed to track down the one physical PS Vita copy in Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so we only had one uh, day one DLC code. So I gave that to Alicia. So she's playing in Japanese and I'm playing in English. Right. I feel given the quality of the writing with the humor, it actually works a lot better in English. Like, I mean, obviously, if you're Japanese, the Japanese works better. But the the voice acting in the English is so on point. Like the part where you get to the pirates and everybody starts saying Kupo and can't stop it. Yeah, that I I had to pause the game. I was laughing so hard. That's right. <laughs> so it, the comedy hits, which is hard to do in any game. Like, I can't think of any game outside of like poker night and like you know very few and far between where like the comedy bits are so on point with very very few misses it is really surprisingly funny and right down to the descriptions of the mirages i'm taking screenshots Mm -hmm. of a ton of the mirages that i'm taming just because it's fucking hilarious and then the little bits, there's a few points that are grown worthy with the, the characters, but overall it tends to be very fun. I mean, I was just doing a thing um, earlier today because I finished off chapter 15 and I was just char- starting chapter 16 and not to spoil anything, you have to cross a bridge and you you get to the bridge. And the other thing about this game too is it is gorgeous. Like it is ridiculous how beautiful this game is even the vita version with the lesser graphics yeah. still looks oh, really yeah, looks, damn good looks really good so you get to this bridge and you find out the bridge which is ridiculously big is a mirage and you're talking huh. to the character who's in charge who's who has didn't summon it but is in charge of this mirage and she's saying it has a name its name is alexander <laughs> it's like, okay. the, oh. the bridge has a name <laughs> And there's little things like that throughout that are just, again, funny as hell. Well, but not only that, like, that's a big, important, like, Final Fantasy thing. Alexander being, you know, the giant holy city that you could summon to fight alongside you in battles. And they, that's what I, I'm interested how well a lot of the fan service stuff is working for you because you don't have 
you know, a whole lot of experience with the Final Fantasy franchise. So whenever a character shows up, I'm like squealing. I'm like, this is awesome. I love that the uh, the summons in this game are basically summoning in heroes from old Final Fantasy games with remixed battle music. And it's fucking awesome. <laughs> See, for me, like I- what level of remix are we talking here? Uh, I've only heard a few so far, but the one for Warrior of Light with a remix of the original Final Fantasy battle theme. I mean, obviously, you know, it's not 8-bit, so it's it's awesome. The I heard I saw on YouTube like the Final Fantasy 8 battle theme one was really good. Like the music in this game is very very good as should be expected from Square, but mixing in that quality with the nostalgia factor is just firing on all cylinders for me. This game was meant for people who have definitely played before. My, I've played a few of the tactics ones and the other ones, but never really to completion, certainly. And a lot of the more modern ones I haven't even bothered with. It's all, I know I'm missing a lot, but what's funny is that this is so goddamn good for me that it's making me want to play some of those other Final Fantasy games just to better appreciate these characters. That's how much I'm loving this. Because when That's- you... That's one of my few small little complaints about this game is that it's, you know, this love letter to Final Fantasy, but there's no like compendium where you can look up information about the characters. Like, I'm sure for you, like you would want to know like, oh, who's Rydia? You know, who's who are these people? And there, there's no really place to go to get that information. True. However, what I would say to that to argue the point is that as someone with a lot less experience with the IP, obviously I am still head over heels in love with this game so obviously it's still working without that existing knowledge mm-hmm. well so, but, but I mean, here's what i'm saying like okay like uh, early on in the game you have that scene with yuna which is amazing and it's actually like a almost point for point recreation of an actual scene from final fantasy 10 but you know you're like okay that was cool maybe like if you knew what game she was from you would want to seek out that game to get more of an experience with that true, character is true. how i'm looking yeah, at it yeah yeah, definitely. But they do such a good job with the characters in this game that I can appreciate them and enjoy them for this game without mm-hmm. needing to have the backstory is what I'm getting at. Oh, no, no, I, I agree. I'm, I'm just saying it would also be nice to, to have like, you know, a little history because, you know, their backstories aren't going to tie into this game per se. They could patch that in, though. They could. They could easily patch that in. That'd be nice. I agree. Mm-hmm. And so are you actually, I'm going to assume you're not leaving a zone until you've caught everything, right? Actually, I, I've had to simply because there's a couple of zones where it's taking forever and I didn't, Mm -hmm. they didn't show up. There's a couple of zones where there's still blanks and it's not because I didn't get to the hidden spots because that I make sure to get to, but (laughs) they, I just haven't, some of them are fucking rare. And so I, I kind of had to get that mentality of okay you're not going to catch them all maybe you can go back later and catch a few that you missed if you really want to be a completionist about it but get the ones that really matter and just keep going with the story as well because like i i was in um chapter 15 which i don't want to spoil 14 and 15 for you because you were saying you're at 11 or 12 right now i think 11 yeah um like 14 especially at that point is like a game changer right there something happened and it's like it made me stop and go oh this is cool and it was very fun and 14 and 15 are kind of the continuation for that um but there's a um, a, a spot in uh, in 15 that i got to and i found all of the 
the the uh, mirages except for one, and motherfucker showed up at one point, and it was <laughs> a rare one too. Like in so much as I had not seen one at all, at all, at all, and it was there, and I'm going, oh, you glorious bastard. Okay, good, and I'm doing everything to imprison this thing, and I'm like <laughs> making being very careful. And I'm so over leveled because, like, my, my I, it actual, has to be impossible for you sometimes. Yeah, my siblings are actually level fifty, <laughs> and then I use lower level uh, um, mirage just to make it easier. And I have to like toss protect potions on them, the mobs, not myself, mm-hmm. and 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 heal them as well. And so I got it to the point where it was ready to be imprisoned. I don't go, oh, fantastic! Tried, fail. The son of a bitch attacked me, and it just happened. You that had counterattacked, did you? Fucking bastards! Both of them had counterattacked oh. and killed it. And I went, "You <laughs> son of a bitch!" And I actually, um, I left without saving. Went back to the last save. Went to the same spot just on the off oh, chance. Yeah, right. Forget it didn't happen. And I was so fucking pissed. That's off. why I specifically on my uh, Lilikan sets. I make sure they don't have counterattack. Like uh, on the the giant sets, they both have counterattack, but I make sure so that I ha- always have like a, if I know I'm farming a place, I know I can just switch into small form and See, I'll be okay. Those are, mine are the exact as you, except opposites. My, my, yeah. my, uh, the little ones are the one that counter. But, um, but I have gone out of my way to go back and, and imprison a lot of the ones that were either more rare or, or, um, or just had very interesting mechanics. And that's the other thing that I like about this too, is a game like this, well, the story is fun and interesting and I, and I do like it. And the cuteness factor of the little chibis initially was one of those things that I thought, is this really going to work? Man, you, it, it works immediately when you're playing it. It just, mm-hmm. I, I never question it and it's great. I love it. And I love the style. I love everything, the anime, how they're animated, everything. Um, but when you were, um, you've gotten to the sand area, right? The desert area? Uh, I just got to Nibelheim. So I just passed the dragon area. The dragon. So you haven't gone through the mire yet? No. Okay. I I just met up with Tifa and Rydia. Okay. There's a, um, oh, so you haven't even met the giant turtle yet. Oh, that's yeah, what. yeah. The the one that sails you across the sea. Okay, so you have okay. Well, then where it lands you, that's the mire, where there's all the um, the the frogs and the uh, the golden frog king. You must have seen him. No, okay. no. Okay. So there must be a second point where the yeah. Adamantois shows up. I'm guessing. Yeah, the um, the uh, in that area, anyways, the hidden area. There's a, a fight, and you can imprison two it, there's it's a stack there's two of them and you can imprison both of them and it is a crazy fight i was over leveled for the goddamn place and even i found it like i had to keep going back and back and back to it at least over a half dozen times before i finally got one of them and then i started working on the other one insanely challenging and that's what makes this game a lot of fun for me as well is that mm-hmm. that battle system, while it has certain elements that are kind of like the Pokemon battle system, it is way better, way more dynamic, a lot faster and smoother. You can fast forward through stuff as well. That fast forward button, thank you. Oh, yeah, no kidding. And then you also have like a lot more abilities to choose from. Once mm-hmm. you're unlocking them, they're all there. 
and then you could just go through and pick them as you're you're playing. And the battle system is phenomenal. I love how much strategy there is to this. Of oh, yeah, like yeah. I said, if you want to capture a Pokemon, you just reduce its HP and throw Pokeballs at it until you have it. Like that, that's it. Whereas in this, you have to fulfill different conditions, so you have to make sure you have you know the right types of uh, attacks available to you how you combine your stacks because if you combine certain skills together you get more powerful team skills like and it's just there's so many layers of strategy to this game that i i'm constantly tinkering and messing around with things finding you know which which combination of abilities really works for me you know which mirages work better together like it's i I'm blown away by the amount of strategy that there is in, you know, what on surface is a very cute little fun game. It is cute and fun, but for somebody who wants that extra depth, it's certainly there. When you look at each of the mirages as well, they each have their, the they call it the mirage board, where you can lay out what skills you want. And it has this MMO feel where you're putting in talents for your your different abilities and different things. Mm-hmm. And some of it is pumping your existing stats. Some of it is giving you new stats. Some of it are blank areas where you can put, they call them seeds, where now all of a sudden you can put completely new abilities, completely different from the class, the type of mirage. So a fire mirage could actually have a winter, an ice spell kind of thing. And then you have the unlocks, to then essentially evolve them as well. And then you can switch between the evolved version or the devolved version as well, and they share stat points as well kind of thing as you earn them. It's freaking phenomenal battle system in terms of, again, setting up what abilities you want each to have. Because as you're going through the world as well, there's different sections where you will need to, you know, slam through a rock, have a mirage fly you across a chasm or fire to ignite a cannon to Mm -hmm. fly you over. There's all these different things. So now you got to start working with who are you going to bring with you when you go so that you have each of these abilities as well to be able to, regardless of what you come across, be able to make it. And, and that's not even talking about then the, the, cause they call them dungeon areas that you go through the, the complexity to them, the early ones, not as much, but as you go up in levels, the complexity and the puzzles to some of them are actually quite interesting. Like when you go to the, the winter one and you have the little, um, like frozen lake areas. Have you done that? I wasn't so crazy. about. (laughs) Well, that's because it was a pain in the ass. Yeah. But did you make it across to go to the hidden area in that one to tame the uh, the dragon? I, I gave up. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> I was like, I'm never going to figure this out. I, I got come it. back later. I used that dragon for the longest time, the holy dragon. It is, mm-hmm. A, it is gorgeous. And B, it's hysterical seeing your little chibi sitting on top of this <laughs> this white <laughs> dragon. And then I got a red one after that as well. But... Uh, but the zones are very, very well designed to keep you interested. And what's more, to keep you coming back, because that's a big thing as well. You're going to come back, not just to make sure you you spot all of the mirages, but also to catch them. But then there's all of the murkriffs that are in each of them, which are often too high a level. So you wind up coming back for them later on. Again, 
another small complaint, there's no way for me to remember where the hell those Merc Riffs are if I have to pass up on one. Yeah. Yeah, you have to essentially remember. Like, there's still one that I haven't done, I believe, so far. But because I've been high enough level, it, it's not too bad. My complaint about the Merc Rift is that it is you, there's no easy way to escape it in case you don't have be it a potion or a something mm-hmm. for what you need to be able to tame whatever is in there. So that that's that was my my one complaint. But yeah. the other thing too is I like I said I I tried it and I played it on uh, in VR as well. So it's like big. Like you're not playing in VR. It's the cinema mode where it's nice and big. But it is phenomenal in VR. Like if anybody has a PSVR and they're interested in a game that they can play on it, that's again not VR, but in the cinema mode that works and that will make you sick. This is a very good one for that. Mm-hmm. I also love that the god in this game is like this hot little white-haired <laughs> <laughs> the chick that you see at the beginning. I thought that was hysterical. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, have you done any of the interventions? Oh, with the uh, the girl who forgot the whatever thing? Yeah, the girl who forgot her name. I did all of them except for the the last one I'm on. I can't remember for which one it is, but it, it wouldn't mm. allow me to do it, so I obviously didn't reach that point in the story. But I've yeah, been I, doing I, them all. I haven't done very many of them just because I haven't you know gotten enough gems to buy my entry into them, but that that just goes into the writing of it. it's these these little throwaway side stories for characters yeah. that cross your path at some points and they are without a doubt the funniest parts of the game like the undead princess i played that twice it was so fun <laughs> like the the quality of the writing and those even little throwaway moments are some of the best parts of the game they're all good um i've done at least a dozen of them if not more and they were all phenomenal. I really liked them a lot. It just happened that I had a ton of those little tokens, so I was able to to rip through them all, and they were all really quite good. And then there's the Coliseum stuff as well, which mm-hmm. which is not a huge deal, but it's, it's a great way to catch mirages that you miss. Very very good way. But it's not just go in and fight. There's actual little moments as well where there's scenes in mm-hmm. those as well. Like you get to see the those original three mirages that are like the, the 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 not gods but whatever that you fight initially, and you choose which one to fight. Well, the, they show up in the Colosseum as well, and then there's little scenes with those and all kinds of stuff. So it's not just go in and fight. There's often a little story there as well. So again, when you're looking at what you're getting. While on the surface it looks like a Pokemon clone that has a little bit of a story, holy shit, are there, there's a ton of different elements to the game that is just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And then what I found is that each of the zones is very unique, very well-conceived so that it makes sense. Your questing within the area makes sense. And then... It's, again, whether it's the political stuff with the nobles and whatnot in one area or with this town where you are now, where you then have to go into the fire section with the um, with a character. Again, I don't want to spoil anything there for you, but there's mm-hmm. some really cool stuff that's going to happen there for you as well that you'll see. But each of the zones is 
in, incredibly well conceived. Again, I don't want to slam on Pokemon because, again, I I like Pokemon. I just wish yeah. it was a lot more. And whereas this, what I'm seeing is that unlike Pokemon, there's such a diversity to the the characters, to the mirages, to the zones, to the dungeons, to the towns, to everything that I'm seeing so far. And be, again, like we talked about the mirages and their battle system, like their the that you can set their their abilities and whatnot. Well, your characters as well get something similar to that in that mm-hmm. they can wear. Um, they're kind of like the miracle jewels, or, jewels yeah. whatever you want to call it. But each of those can have a significant impact for your character as well and their stats and whatnot. So there's a lot of different ways to play the game that, and, and there's no one right way, you know, certainly there's going to be some mirages that you need to take to be able to progress in certain different ways. However, there's also so many different ways that you can play and mess around with the rest of the mirages that like I've had many different teams now so far that I was set on them. Like this is the best team ever. I love their spells. (laughs) I'm having a blast. I'm doing good catching everybody. And then I happen to get one and go, well, this is cool. I wonder what this could do. And then before you know it, I've leveled this, this thing up and it's like, holy crap, this is fucking awesome. So And I haven't even unlocked them all, nor unlocked each of them, the, the evolved stages as well. Like, there's still so much room for growth. I'm, I'm nowhere near done. Mm-hmm. I actually got really excited this weekend because I was reading an article about how to get the second ending of the game. And I mean, without spoiling anything, because I made sure not to spoil myself, that apparently once you get to the end, like the actual like proper end of the game, what, only one of the siblings gets their memory back. So now you have the option of playing, you know, back in the world, like after the game's over with the knowledge of how to actually fix things. And like just like the brief little bits of like what you have to do actually got me really excited to finish the game so I could get to the post game stuff because that sounded really, really awesome. Cool. Have you unlocked your first XL yet? Yes, I got the I got the Cerberus. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's the first one that you get. Yeah, well, I mean, not everybody can get that if they're if they don't have the right setup. <laughs> but like that, that's so cool that there's not just mirages you can stack. There's extra large mirages that you can summon and then ride on for super attacks, and it's fucking great. The there is nothing funnier <laughs> than when you use Cerberus and you've got your little chibi dudes, and they yeah. kind of sit on top of him. It's fucking hysterical. And so I've already got a second one. I don't know how many XL ones there are, but I got the second one. I haven't used it yet because I haven't leveled it up. But but yeah, these things are, again, just that added complexity to an already complex battle system. Because mm-hmm. you got to think in terms of the, the abilities are significantly different for some of these characters, these mirages. And they have to still balance the game around that. It's the same as any other game where we talk about class balancing. There's a lot of balancing involved here. And so now when they tossed in the XL, and that's, I had actually stopped posting screenshots on Twitter because I, at one point it was like, I really don't want to spoil it for people. Yeah. But they need to know how exciting this is. Like, I have not posted some of the most, the coolest shit. And the Cerberus was one of them because I reached it. And when you, turn the corner and see it it was like oh my god 
this is amazing. And then you fight it and realize you can tame it. And then you realize, XL, what the fuck is that? And then you realize what it is. And it was like, oh, my God. <laughs> it was, again, one of those moments in gaming where it was so well conceived and executed that you as a gamer are like, this is fucking awesome and every time i use that ability or any abilities that i've unlocked with them it's it's batshit crazy how cool it is yeah it, it if we haven't sold anybody on this game by this point like i i think the biggest testament is that i'm kind of pre-programmed to love this game because of my love for the franchise and yet someone like you who has none of that pre-attachment can appreciate it on its own merits and show how good and solid and fun of a game this is without the final fantasy topping that that's the best review I could get anywhere. Yeah. And then that's not even touching on the freaking anime trailers that appear periodically as well. Yeah. I I was so happy when there was another anime segment. I was like, it's not just the credits. Yeah. (laughs) I've come across three so far, I believe I, I think two or three, I think three. And yeah, I was like, well, that's freaking cool. So yeah, there's there's a lot of really cool stuff about this. And again, coming from somebody who does like Pokemon, who likes those types of games as well, um, like Nino Kuni was, again, a favorite. I, I maintain my favorite from the PS3 generation was Nino Kuni. And, but Nino Kuni did some things better than even this one. And that's actually something I was talking to my son about because I was saying, you'll probably like this because you like Nino Kuni. And he was saying, yeah, but... Nino Kuni's battle system was live. Like, yeah, you had to mess around with your team and whatnot, but it was a lot more dynamic because you're running around and doing everything on the fly. Mm-hmm. So that did some things better. But anyways, the, the point is, is that um, when you compare this to to Pokemon, not just in terms of the the aesthetics, the the look, the the battle system, and, and everything else, but just straight up creature to creature. I've gone out of my way with a couple of the Pokemon games to be catching them all, seeing them all, and fuck transferring them to the next game (laughs) even so that I kept them all, okay? Some of the Pokemon, you're like, okay, this is a cool one, and I like the abilities, and I like the look of it to a certain degree. From the fucking start of this game, Mm -hmm. the mirages are gorgeous. And you come across, this is like what I was saying for the demo, you come across some and you're going, holy shit, like this is amazing. And then you get the next ones and it's like, oh my God, look at this. When you get to, and again, the, the, the that holy dragon that you can get fairly early, you need to, to have a certain level. So you've grinded some levels per, probably, and then you need a specific type of ability as well, which I just bought the seed that I could put into, like I was saying, into a, a mirage so that suddenly, doesn't matter if it's a fire, now I could do a holy spell attack and, and be able to, they call it imprism, the, the mirage. And that dragon just looks unbelievable. It is gorgeous. And I've already replaced it with stuff that is far better a few times over. That looks significantly better. The look of the the creatures and that's a big thing like when you take a screenshot it actually says character or creature designed by so and so on each of the screen caps and good on them for insisting that's put on the screenshots because they deserve that credit these creature designs 
are ridiculously cool. From the cutesy, like the freaking cactuar, <laughs> cactus mm-hmm. dude, which is somewhat hysterical, to all the way to the stuff that I've, again, I don't want to spoil some of the stuff that I've seen and, and am now using on my team, but it's like, oh my God. And it and it's only going to get better. There's still better things coming for me. And that's what's got me excited to continue playing. It helps having 30 years and a dozen uh, previous yes, yes. iterations of the franchise to fall back on for designs. Pokemon's got over 20 years now. I, I know. They can get I'm their shit saying. together. All I'm saying, Pokemon <laughs> people, is get your shit together. Because <laughs> this is now the gold standard as far as I'm concerned for this type I of game. I absolutely agree. Like, I was actually... Th- considering probably getting sun and moon this year and now i no no thank you yeah. i don't need it <laughs> i installed the demo for it on my 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 3ds that i never fucking play and thinking okay well i'm gonna try it. and then this the demo for this came out and it was like oh and then the game was immediately out and it's like fuck that shit i i do not want to do anything else except for play this game mm-hmm. so all right parting thoughts on that one one thing that does really bother me about world of final fantasy is that when you're back in town and you go to the twins' bedroom, they only have one bed. Yeah, a little creepy. That's really weird to me. I'm going to say one of them sleeps on the floor. That's old world, man. We're going we're gonna to go with that. You're back, in, back in the day of immigrants, you had one bed for all of your kids. Like, you have eight kids, one bed. Yeah. That's not that bad. That's the, uh, whatever. Actually, the one thing that I would say I, I'm not crazy about is there are way too many loading screens. Luckily, they're not on for very long but there's mm-hmm. way too many loading screens. I do not like that you can't save anywhere you want. I should be able yeah. to save where the fuck I am. Screw this bullshit of having to go back to town and save in town or at the gem things wherever they appear. I want to be able to save wherever I want. That as Especially in a game where there's, outside of a boss fight, no consequence for dying, there's no reason not to have save anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, that's that that kind of ticks me off because it's it's a time sink in a game that doesn't require a time sink. So I would like them to patch that because it, it even says save in the menu. You can see it. it's just grayed out because they're teasing you because they're motherfuckers. Like just fix it so that we can save wherever the hell we want because we're still going to go to town for different things anyways. You're 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 not making it easy for that. Um, well, I mean, within reason, you, you get your little transport gem and then you can just go but it's just extra steps just to do something that should be fairly easy in this type of game but that's a fairly minor concern but it does get annoying if you've been if you're you had a long session going which apparently i do that every once in a while all right anything else i think we're good i think we're good as well we will definitely be talking about this more as you level more because again there's a couple of sections that are really cool that'll be fun to talk about and i I, I don't know exactly how many chapters there are in this game. I know? think 19. Is it really? Oh, I thought it was more than that. I think that I said that's I, I, if I'm remembering correctly, there's 19. But I said that's not counting the whole post game extra story. Right. Uh, I'm loving the story, which is saying a lot. I, I absolutely love the story. Fun, quirky, makes sense in terms of what it is. And again, it's just a ton of fun. So make sure to check it out if you haven't yet. And without you can, with that, we are done. You can check out the show notes at uh, forthelore.com. You can find us on iTunes or... Yeah, I'm zoning out here. Holy Jesus. 
<laughs> Neo's Citron and Painkillers are kicking in big time. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at For the Lore or individually Joe's Loaders at J. Vincent Simodian and I am Zen Buddhist. And with that, we will talk to you guys next week. And I heard him say that she had the longest, blackest hair, the prettiest green eyes anywhere, and Marie's the name of his latest fame. Thank you for listening to For the Lore. Each week, the show is broadcast live on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern. Stop by forthelore.com slash live to join the conversation and have your thoughts discussed on the show. If you'd like to hear more from the guys, check out Comic Book Informer, a weekly podcast from Vince and Roger, as well as Popcorn Ronin, a bi-weekly movie, TV, and anime podcast. And lastly, thanks to Manelli Jamal for the show's theme music. We encourage everyone to check out his site, ManelliJamal.com, or find him on iTunes and help support this incredible musician by picking up his CDs. Though I smiled, the tears inside were burning. I wished him luck, and then he said goodbye. He was gone, but still his words kept returning. What else was there for me?